Station. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the Sleep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast. Almost said that terribly. Joined by my, or oh, just one of the suspects, yours. Welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Enjoying this uh, sort of easing of the isolation that's going on at the moment. Yeah, I suppose so. We didn't really uh, take a huge advantage of it, but that's all right. Good to stay distant still. Too right. Too right. It's um, been a bit of fun. Uh, no, no Peter today. He's off being busy at work. <laughs> like a pleb. <laughs> mm. Join us on these. This should be priority, but what are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Dog's going off. <laughs> uh, all right, so... um. Yeah, we'll just uh, crack straight into this because, you know, being in isolation, there's not much news to talk about between us, eh? No, nothing yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. So uh, last last week, last week, I don't even remember when it was. Uh, we yeah, about a week ago. Wide receiver, wide receiver landing spots. Probably finish it off today, actually. Running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends. No one really cares about the tight ends. And uh, quarterbacks, well, you know. Maybe a few desperados in a one-quarterback league will pick up a quarterback. So, yeah. Let's see what happens, hey? Yeah. Crack into running backs? Yeah, let's start with the fun stuff. Start with the fun stuff. First uh, running back selected in this 2020 NFL draft was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And uh, pretty safe to say that this is probably most people's 101 these days. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it certainly seems that way. He's gone to a great team. He's got a pretty average running back in front of him in Damian Williams. So looks like he's got a great opportunity to hit the ground running. Mm, Yeah, I think it will be a matter of time before this guy comes in and takes over. Um, Good pass catcher. um, Good top speed. can obviously run between tackles as well, but um, I think he's probably known, or not known for, but probably excels more than the other running backs, the other running backs in this class in terms of their pass catching. Um, I was talking in this while the draft was happening, and I said, oh, the Dolphins should take Clyde with Lair at, uh, what were they, at 30 or whatever it was, and then I was only two spots away, so a bit disappointing there, but uh, very, very good landing spot for this guy because, um, you know, it's not as though Williams is... You know, excellent running back. He can easily be no, supplanted. So he's capable, and he probably he will, yeah. like, continue to maybe start, or they'll they'll mix them in together to start with. But hmm. I think just yeah, the pass catching skills and um, sort of his his through college, he hardly had any fumbles. He doesn't really make mistakes. So I think he's a pretty good running back and kind of do it all. I think he just might not get the sort of first, second down work right away. I think he'll have to earn that before he becomes that workhorse. Yeah, he needs to work on his pass protection a little bit more. Um, that's what they're pretty much saying about him, that he can do everything else, but the pass protection needs a little bit of work. So, yeah, on those kind of passing downs, they might refer back to what they know. Um, but you know what? I'm sure he can pick it up because that's probably one of the only things he's ordinary at it at the moment. But, um, yeah, looking at the running backs in Kansas City, none of them actually had over 500 yards last year rushing. So that's not a great stat. So maybe they thought, you know what, we've got an opportunity to kind of improve this awesome offense that we have. Let's go and get this guy. And then, you know, kind of split the work between him and Williams and then get rid of Williams next year and roll with CEH for the rest of this rookie running backs kind of contract so yeah see what they're doing um dino 101 this is your guy here i reckon should we just try and talk him into someone else or i mean he has all the Joshua other picks Kelly. anyway right um this is, yes you're not wrong here, <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> yeah so uh anyway not a bad leaning spot that's what the one that kind of everyone was looking for who's going to land at the chiefs there he is ceh pass catching specialist so anything else to add on this bloke yeah, I guess just from a fantasy perspective, um, sort of everyone mm. was looking at 
who can supplant your, your DeAndre Swift and your Jonathan Taylor <clears throat> by going to the Chiefs. But not only did he go to the Chiefs, but all the guys we're about to talk about next, none of them ended up in the primo position. So it really kind of hmm. went from, you know, some idiot's going to take the Chiefs running back first, even though they're not the best to, well, actually, no, the Chiefs running back is the best now because none yeah, of the other yeah. ones got the, the landing spot to go with it. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about those landing spots shortly. But, yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's kind of like, yeah, everyone was like, oh, you know, what if it's, um, let's just throw out a random name here. What if it's Keyshawn Vaughn that goes to the um, the Chiefs? Would he go to 101 over, like, Swift and Taylor? But, yeah, now they've kind of fallen into a shocking landing, or not shocking landing spot, but not great landing spots, at least for this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But let's move on to Swift. Swift was the next running back taken at 35 by the Lions, going into a bit of a timeshare here with Kerryon Johnson probably is what I'm predicting. Um, they kind of just had a bit of doubt about the guy because of a few injuries that he's had over the last couple of years. He doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. Uh, that's Kerryon Johnson. Missed yeah, six I games think so. in 18, mixed six games in 19. So maybe they think, you know, when he's done, he's done. And we keep Swift going. What do you reckon about this one? Not a great landing spot? Or... Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, is it? Um, what you want in fantasy is is a guy who's going to do all the work and it seems like they want to split it between the two of them. They don't mm. think um, that carry on can carry on handling the workload <laughs> that he has been. And Good I much. think that uh, maybe Swift is sort of in a similar boat, like had a few injuries, probably wasn't the perfect candidate to hold up to 300 carries and, you know, your sort of Christian McCaffrey workload. Um, so maybe it's, you're going to get the best out of both of these players, but they're not going to be, you know, the, the top end running backs for fantasy. It's funny because we were saying, well, not we were saying, I wasn't saying any of this bit, uh, Carryon was saying coming into last year that he's not a workhorse back. He's better um, kind of as a timeshare back, and he's shown that maybe his body isn't up to handling that workhorse kind of role. Um, so he kind of did warn us about it, hence why I've kind of moved him on in a couple of leagues because he did say, look, I'm not a workhorse. And when a person, a player says that, then you know what? It's not a great sign. Um, so Swift's come in here, kind of uh, a better option to whoever was behind Carryon if he if you can remember whoever's behind carry on, congratulations to you, because uh, I certainly can't. And, um, yeah, look, he's a very solid back, can do both, catch the ball, he can run well between tackles, he's got a bit of pass protection going about him, so yeah, he's a pretty complete kind of guy. Um, he'll complement carry on, but it's not really a good landing spot in terms of fantasy because you're not going to get kind of 200 or 150 carries at least um, for this guy maybe. What do you reckon? Somewhere around there? Yeah, I think... You're pretty much spot on, yeah. Maybe um, Swift starts off in the passing game. They didn't seem like they were super keen on carry on running I mean, in the touchdowns um, either. Yeah, so maybe Swift is, they see sort of his pace. Maybe he's, um, he's the better runner at the goal line. I'm not sure. It's really hard to know who's going to take what role. Because I kind of think they're quite similar. Yeah, maybe... Um... It's going to sound pretty punny here, but Swift might be just a little bit swifter, you know, a little bit quicker. Oh yeah, just a little bit. But um, yeah, look, I, they're they're kind of built in the same mould. I think maybe um, Swift's up to handling a little bit more of the workload and would carry on is just off attitude as well. But yeah, Bo Scarborough was the bloke that I couldn't remember before. Um, <laughs> who are you, Bo Scarborough? <laughs> All right, let's move on to. Um, what a lot of people still saying is the 101, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Colts, I thought this was 41. interesting, hearing so many people. pick, or people, yeah, saying people it is still, still saying, you know, he's the 101 still. Because um, I must say that my first instinct, having a, a 102 share um, after the draft, was that J.K. Dobbins, who we'll talk about in a bit, got a great landing spot, and I was quite interested by him, but... Um, I'm starting to grow on this Jonathan Taylor still being a, a top-end pick. I think Mac kind of came in from not much capital and played pretty well, but he doesn't really offer them everything that they want out of him. So I think 
it might be only a matter of time before Jonathan Taylor takes over from Mac as the lead guy. And then they're probably not looking at, if they are going to bring back Mac, they're probably looking at not spending much money on him. And uh, it's probably more likely that they're looking for a pass catcher to compliment Taylor after this year. As opposed well, to I mean, Mac, they've still got Naheem Hines there. He'll probably exactly. do his, his thing. Um, so he can do the pass catching stuff, at least for this year. But um, yeah, just going off off some some stuff here, it's like Marlon Mack will be the guy for, say, the first six games. Jonathan Taylor will come in and maybe that um, uh, Mack will be the kind of trade trade candidate um, for halfway through the year, if it's similar to what, you know, um, what's his name that went to Houston? Good Lord. I don't even remember. Duke Johnson. Oh, yeah, not even him. Um, oh, my God. The other one. Like the Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde, that kind of thing. Oh, right, all right. Um, yep. Whether, you know, either at the start of next year or whatever, they trade him away. But um, in saying his pass catching, what do you reckon about his pass catching? Because um, they've they've got Marla Mack, who doesn't really catch passes, and then they've now got uh, Jonathan Taylor, or Jonathan Stewart, as I call him, um, who wasn't really known for his pass catching in college. Um, he kind of improved for that last last season, um, almost tripled his production, but pretty easy to triple from eight catches in a year. Um, what do you reckon about that in terms I think of them being that, a very similar player? Something that can be quite interesting to look at from college into NFL is, I think you can tell who's going to be a great pass catcher, but I don't think you can really tell who's not going to be one because it mm. may just be that their offense just didn't have it in it in college because it's not really as big a part of the college game. So mm. I think that's where sometimes you think, oh, this guy didn't catch any passes, but that just they, they ran the ball and he just kept scoring, scoring touchdowns when he was running the ball. So why would you pass it to him when he just run him in anyway? Maybe that's kind of the I mean, thing that comes out of college. 21 rushing touchdowns is, in a year is quite a lot. Uh, 26 total. So he still had five receiving touchdowns off 26 receptions. So that efficiency is quite great. But, you know, there might have been one or two yard scampers. Um, but in saying that, I think, yeah, Marlon Mack's in strife here. If you've got Marlon Mack, it would be a very quick sell for me. Um, Jonathan Taylor, look, where would I take him? Where would you take him in a in a rookie draft at the moment? He's still saying 101, 102, or is anyone above him? Yeah, like I said, um, I think Dobbins is pretty close. But I, I think they're my sort of top tier, those three, Clive Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins. I think they've all got all right. the offense to go, or the, the team, the organization they've landed in is excellent. Um and they've got the talent and they've got the draft capital. So they're all in great spots to be good. But I think what's happened in this draft is you might not have the immediate impact guy like we have in years past with your Saquons and your Zeeks and your Fournettes even or McCaffrey's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go into the next player who's actually in my top tier as well. I've got four in my top tier. And that's Cam Akers, who's gone to the Rams. And I know you're going to argue about, about <laughs> this with me, but I'm all right with that. So pick 52 here, Cam Akers to the Rams um, with the very first pick of their draft. Um, and that's the thing that kind of uh, has, has put me into saying that this guy will be decent um, because they could have gone anywhere with their very, very first pick um, and they've gone with a running back. I think they've kind of realized um, how did they do well, say, two years ago, and that was through the running game. They obviously have issues with Todd Gurley, and they wanted to move on from his contract and from him in, as a, in general, um, whether it was health or whether it was just, you know what, we can go and get a young guy to go and do the job, and we should get rid of your salary while we can. Um, this guy is very, very, yeah, very underrated um, in terms of his, his kind of pass catching. From what I've just heard, um, a few people say he's not a very good pass catcher, but then you watch him in the uh, the combine and some of his, his tape. Um, he's pretty silky, his route running and his catching. So um, I think this is kind of a guy that's a bit underrated in terms of, you know, he's a PPR kind of guy as well, um, as well as the fact that he can kind of run between the tackles as well. So I'm actually really interested to see what Cam Akers can do in, in LA because I think if McVeigh is as good as what he was or is, um, or everyone says he is at least, He'll realise that, say, two years ago, um, we won by running the ball, 
playing the screen game, which they kind of went away from last year, whether it was offensive line dramas or whether it was just play calling. Um, they made a few moves on the offensive line um, in this offseason, whether it was in the draft or free agency. Um, so, look, he can rush, he can catch. I like the look of him anyway. Yeah, I think what it comes down to for me is is you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire with Mahomes. So he's not he's never going to be the focal point of their offense, which means he can roam around and be free and, and really be damaging, which is maybe why Damian Williams has had such a career revival You're probably right, with Mahomes. Because yeah. um, he did nothing in Miami. And then, yeah, yeah right. and then you've got the same kind of thing with J.K. Dobbins, where he's alongside Lamar Jackson and... That's just great for a running back. Um, and the whole game centers around the run. And then I just think that the Rams' offensive line has been a disaster. They haven't done enough to solve the problems. And the difference between the Colts and the Rams at the moment is the Colts have just got this outstanding coaching staff that's on the rise. They get the most out of their players. And the Rams... Everyone thought McVeigh was, you know, the god of all coaches, and people have figured him out, and he's he's not been able to replicate that initial success. So it's it's whether or not he can turn that around, and it's a bit more of a mm. question mark. That's why I drop him down below those three. And that's my fear with with your mates, the Ravens, that they're going to figure him out. Um, and that's why I've got Dobbins a little bit back, in, I think, to what you have, which is good because we're not agreeing on everything. And we're only two people as opposed to three this time. Um, I know that, you know, everyone says the Ravens have got this, you know, uh, grand and pound style of play. Uh, so J.K. Dobbins is the next player we're going to talk about here. And he went to the Ravens at 55, so only three picks later. Um, he was a kind of highly sought-after guy um, going off all of the draft analysts, kind of a top three back in this class. And he was the fifth running back off the board. Um, so they're not far away. But, uh, yeah, I just think... J.K. Dobbins is probably a second-year player, um, not a first-year player, because Ingram's still going to get his because um, you know he's kind of got a bit of bit of swag about him, um, and the Ravens kind of built off the back of you know uh, Ingram's kind of antics and then obviously Jackson's play. Um, so whether Dobbins you'll get much out of him this year, maybe he's kind of or we're all hoping that it's going to be a Kamara Ingram kind of style when they were there at uh, New Orleans. Um, I suppose that's the hope, but I also see that Ingram's probably got maybe one or two years left, whether they just run him into the ground for this next year um, and then get rid of him, or they do a bit of a split. I think Ingram's still going to get his, as opposed to someone like uh, Cam Akers, who's got no one behind him. Um, Taylor's still got Mac behind him. Uh, Swift's got Kerry on there, and Clyde Ebertelaire's still got Williams there, so... It's the same kind of thing, except Cam Akers doesn't, I think, have as much competition, sort of, um, depending if you put into stock anything from last year's running back draft, who they draft that dude. Yeah, Darrell Henderson. Do I don't Jimmy think that... Darrell Henderson, that's him. I don't really think um, you sort of Damian Williams and Yamal and Mack are particularly higher up on the pegging order than Henderson is, but... Um, Obviously, they, they do just have at least a little bit of production under their belt, which um, he doesn't. But mm. I I don't think I'm looking at any of these running backs as, as sort of winning me my league this year unless I've made the playoffs already. And then I think at least one and maybe two, even three of these running backs, if they're on a, a roster come into, coming into the playoffs, I think um, fantasy yeah, playoffs, that is, I think it's going to be a big difference maker for a team because they've already got obviously the roster that's made them the finals, but maybe they've lost mm. a running back to injury and all of a sudden they've got the hot new thing coming through. Who's yeah. Going or, to be you know, putting down they've, got Ingram. they've got Ingram or sorry, they've got J.K. Dobbins waiting, waiting for something to happen with Ingram and you know, he's not exactly young. Yeah. So maybe his body starts to wear down on him and then all of a sudden Dobbins sees himself with 150 or sorry, like, you know, 15, yeah. 20 carries a game. Then you're cheering. But, um, and I think that's the, the moment, other think... thing for yeah, for Dobbins. Um, when you mentioned that they're going to figure out Lamar Jackson, I still think that it's been pretty uniform across the board that a running back alongside a, a good mobile quarterback has been very successful. I don't know 
what the reason for that is. I guess it's just the dual threat who's going to run it, but maybe it's just a coincidence that the teams that have mobile quarterbacks also put a lot of stock into their run game. So it could just be that as well. But I think it's it's not just Lamar Jackson that's elevating the running back. It's any rushing quarterback. So if they've got Lamar Jackson, it is going to elevate the running back alongside him. Could be, yes. Um, and I think there are a few more teams that are kind of looking to go this way. Um, you've got um, Kyler and Drake, who kind of at the end of last year, uh, Kyler was rushing the ball, Drake was rushing the ball, and they were both doing it effectively. Whether or not teams start to figure that out, we've heard a few people saying that maybe the um, the league's kind of balancing out from a pass-heavy league a little bit back towards kind of rushing because it's, you've seen a few teams be pretty effective with it. Yeah, 49ers. Um, quarterback and, yeah, 49ers uh, starting to work for the Cardinals a little bit, not just trying to talk them up there. Um, you know, rushing quarterbacks and rushing the ball seems to be working. But who won the Super Bowl? One of the teams that throws the ball very, very effectively. So I think... Put, um, put whatever stock you want into it. But Yeah, I think that's part of what it is. That, but, yeah. Is that it's a, more a changing of the guard at quarterback. And so mm. all of these quarterbacks who've been around for 15 years are starting to come to the end of their career and the new rookies are starting to step in and they're really starting to become the, the best in the league starters. rather than the the older guys who yeah. maybe they were mobile when they started in the league and it was a rushing league because they had these quarterbacks and then as they've become less mobile, it's become more about the passing. And now with the new crop coming in, we're moving back to the run because we've got more mobile quarterbacks again. Mm. So it could just be cyclical yeah. like that. Yeah, you might be right there. And look, you know, if you're 38 years old and you're standing in the pocket and the guy's <laughs> running at you, you're not exactly going to be able to get away from him very quickly, are you? So, yeah, maybe that's the part of the thing as well. But, um, yeah, this J.K. Dobbins bloke, he's a good-looking player. Um, not many errors in, in his game. So, yep, like the look of him kind of as a 2021 uh, kind of will be moving towards my first half of, like, startup drafts because... Uh, well, not first half, because that's a long way, but uh, first few rounds of startup drafts, because I think they'll be moving on from Ingram after this year. Um, and then Gus Edwards isn't exactly uh, superb. He'll still be there, maybe, but won't be carrying in too much of this uh, this workload of the backfield. So, yeah, anyways, I think there's good debate there as to these top kind of five guys. Um, and then we move on to these kind of lower tier, for me anyway, lower tier um, running backs in kind of average spots or just not the best uh, capital spend on them. Um, AJ Dillon's the first one we'll talk about. He's gone to the Packers at 62. And this is a strange draft for these Packers. What do you think about this draft for the Packers, yours? Because I hated it. It's still just so hard to react to. It seems like clearly a um, look towards the future draft rather than... Yeah, but how far in the future? Like, Rogers has still got a few years left in him, I reckon. Yeah, I, I heard more, I don't think. something a... interesting having just listened Actually, to a, yeah, a Packers guy um, talk about their draft and how, you know, the Saints approach the draft every year for the last five years that this is it, we've got to win with Breeze this year. And they trade everything away just to get, you know, we're one piece away, we're one piece away, we're one piece away. And that just keeps landing them in the same position. They, they haven't won. Um, so maybe that their approach is that no one's ever one piece away. There is mm -hmm. no such thing. But still, seriously, you've got to think you need a wide receiver. Oh, surely. That might be a good good thing to think about because, yeah, you're right about the Saints. But in saying that, that Ram Saints game, oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, but, I know, guess I heard as well that Rogers doesn't want to play past forty, so he's only got maximum three years left. So, yeah, does a rookie wide receiver coming anyway, in? So. Do they really elevate the team immediately? Like, is that what you want for a win now? Do you really want a rookie yeah, receiver? Not immediately, Maybe. but but that's where like a guy trade, like trade one of your picks for AJ Green or something like something you know that's going to be good. Yeah, and yeah. you know what you're getting. Surely there's someone out there that they can Something. put into this offense. Maybe that's their plan. Maybe that we don't know about and uh, they're looking to do that. But at the moment, it's like, holy moly. You've, you drafted a backup quarterback and then a running back in a position that <laughs> you mean, already have a good yeah, running back. I guess if you look like, at those games it, without Devontae Adams where Aaron Jones had like 10 passes three games in a row, maybe they're just going to play him and Jamal Williams as wide receivers and run with A.J. Dillon. <laughs> 
could be right. Maybe that's what the plan is. But yeah, Aaron Jones definitely didn't do anything wrong last year. And then all of a sudden they draft AJ Dillon. Um, so either they really, really love AJ Dillon or they just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and for, for me, it just doesn't look like they, what they're doing. Did you watch that clip of that um, Packers podcaster? That I sent the other day. No, sitting there so. like, oh my god, we traded up. Oh my god, we traded up. Please be Patrick Queen or Denzel Mims. Don't be love. And then he just sits there for like thirty <laughs> seconds with his mouth open, mouth open, just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he was so excited. He's like, yeah, yeah, and then just no. <laughs> just crushed. Yeah, look, not a not a great landing spot for me. I am completely off him. Um, but in saying that, I wasn't really onto him to begin with because. Uh, very Derek Henry about him, um, but in saying that, Derek Henry's been a bit of a stud. Uh, but yeah, look, not a great landing spot here. Anything to say about this guy? To be honest, he's big and he's fast. He's big, yeah. big, fast, but can't catch. Yeah, it's probably going to hit um, that. I mean, that touchdown regression was probably already coming for Aaron Jones, and yeah, I just don't. I'm not sure that he's necessarily going to come in right away. And Could take over from these two. So and then Jones yeah, does everything else. But do you want to trust your brand new rookie with sort of your most important carry of the game? Like I, I mean, when is this w- big? When you've got Aaron <laughs> Jones who's done it last year and just kept running yeah, in true, touchdowns. Yeah. Like right. it, it's not like he did anything wrong. So maybe it's not necessarily a, an early this year move. I, I think maybe later on in the year he mm. starts to come in and get a role when one of these two breaks down. Be interesting to see if maybe Jamal Williams fades away a bit into nothing or, or what's yeah, going to happen. Because I, I think it's the end of Dexter Williams. <laughs> I think although it could be bad for Aaron Jones, it could also be kind of good. Because um, I think Jamal Williams hit Aaron Jones pretty hard when he did play. Whereas I don't think that AJ Dillon has the same skill set to hit him as hard. Where, where him and Williams both did the same thing. Dylan's hmm. just going to run the ball, and that leaves a lot more yeah. targets for um, Aaron Jones, which could like be a, good. A, a tell, though, now, because when you put Jones or Williams on, you didn't know if he was going to be running or, or passing. Yeah. Now you put an AJ Dillon on there who's not a pass catcher. You're like, well, here comes a run. Or, you know, he sits in there for your play action off. But it's saying that. But how much can you prepare for like still... 6,000 pounds running at you at 200 kilometers an hour? Yeah, <laughs> yeah 247 pounds <laughs> he's been checked in at six foot. That's a big unit. Uh, yeah, look. Anyway, um, not much to add on AJ Dillon. Just a strange draft for the Packers, and Aaron Jones takes a massive, massive knock in terms of. Uh, his carry percentage here, I think, um, at least second half of the year, I think that might work him in a bit more. But um, let's uh, kind of package these next couple of blokes, hey? Because, yeah, we'll um, package the third round, one, I reckon. There's one landing spot, I reckon, that we'll we'll talk about a little bit more than the rest of them, and that's this Buccaneers one, because everyone was kind of, oh, we need the Buccaneers running back. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Swift? Is it going to be Taylor? And then now it's Keyshawn Vaughn. So rank these last... I don't know about ranking them, because I know you like... J.K. Dobbins. What do you think about Cam Akers versus Keyshawn Vaughn? Because uh, you weren't as high on Cam Akers as I was. Who would you prefer? Oh, jeez. Um, Tough one? Yeah, look, I think um, for me, I don't think I really look at this year as having any running backs that are going to be effective right away. So, like, for me, everything is about what they're going to be in 2021. So I'm looking at who I liked best and I'm just going to take those people. And what worries me about when you're talking about Cam Akers is he had a bad line and he didn't perform behind it. So what's, why would he be any different in the NFL? Why, why would we expect him to suddenly perform behind what was one of the worst lines Mm -hmm. in the NFL last year? So yeah, I don't really like anyone in this round too much. I think Darrington Evans is probably out of the third round running backs, maybe even just as likely to have a role this year. Um, mm-hmm. Being that Henry isn't kind exactly a, a pass catching back. Yeah. And I don't know that they necessarily want to run him, you know, 30 carries a game every game of the year. I think they want to have him ready to go at the end of the year like they did this year. So, yeah, I could see him getting a role. Um, 
same kind of thing. So all three of these guys Petey's kind the of guy on timeshare, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Zach Moss to the Bills was the other one. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn to the Bucks, Zach Moss to the Bills, and Darren Evans to the Titans. They're the, the running backs that were taken in round three. Um, I am curious as to what Keyshawn Vaughn can do with the Bucks because Rojo, I don't know if he's got it. Um, they're kind of still trying to put some faith in him, um, but I think they just need to move on because uh, he hasn't showed it in two years. And look, if he hasn't showed it in yet, why is he going to just change now, as we've, we've said before? So um, kind of a big bulldozing short yardage back maybe not really um i think maybe rojo will be that guy um vaughn will kind of be the the quicker kind of back whereas maybe rojo comes in for the goal line or the short yardage kind of situations um yeah i think it's just gonna be i guess Um, just split backfields all around here it's gonna be a wait and see kind of thing yeah yeah um, all right, so we'll package these fourth round guys as well. Anyone that actually interests you, Josh Kelly's gone to the Chargers, so he'll kind of work in with uh, Austin Eckler and kind of push Josh Jacobs, I guess. It's not Josh Jacobs. What's the other guy? Josh Jackson? Justin Jackson? Justin Jackson. JJ, whatever his name is. Justin Jackson. I got there in the end. Um, kind of push him into that kind of uh, backup running back. Um, so him can see him working kind of second half of the year once again in with Austin Eckler. Uh, Michael P. Ryan to the Jets. I heard an a interesting sp- thing about um, some of the coaching staff saying that they have enough running backs now to kind of spell Lev Bell every now and then. So maybe he'll get some, you know, five or six touches a game. What, what he can do with those, who knows. Uh, Anthony McFarland to the Steelers at 124. Um, stop me if you want to say anything, by the way, because I'm just going to... No, that's all right. We'll go I'll through all, all four and we'll jump in. Anthony McFarland is a kind of, um, yeah, a late target for me in terms of you hope that he gets the job. Um, he's gone to the Steelers. Uh, where James Conner's got a few question marks. Um, taking him in pretty much all of the rookie drafts that I've done in kind of the late third round, mid-third rounds. Um, he's kind of a target for those late rounds for me um, because, you know, the Steelers, they're always, for some reason, a good team. Uh, and then DJ Dallas to the Seahawks is also kind of interesting to me with the whole Carson Penny thing, both of them being injured last year um, and not either of them kind of dominating the role. Um, so maybe DJ Dallas can come in and kind of work around there as well. So anything you want to add to that? Go. Yeah, I think depth was the Which the one do you want the here. most, first of all, actually? Um, geez, that's a tough call. I reckon um, probably yes. for, <laughs> in terms of like a, a immediate role, DJ Dallas given sort of Penny looking like starting on the pup, I think that he could have a role yeah, pretty quickly. Today. Um, they don't really care at the Seahawks how much, um, where you were drafted, who you are. It's just best performer gets on the field. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's got a chance to get in right away. But I think, yeah, you might be right that McFarland might have sort of the better run at um, taking a job and in a position that's been historically very good for a running back. So, yeah, I, I like LaMichael P. Ryan to, yeah, be a potential because Lev Bell's getting old, but I don't really like the Jets' offense. So if he Fair does enough. come in, he's probably, you know, do you really want him? Are you actually going to start him? Is that, he's, He could be that kind of player. And I don't think he's good enough to sort of overcome that. Um, and yeah, Kelly, same kind of thing. Just if they do lose Eckler, he's still probably not going to just come in and be the guy. He's probably going to be a part of a mix of players. Yep. Uh, And then you have this random Jason Huntley pick to, once again, the Lions, who have taken two running backs in this draft. Bit of a pass-catching guy. Um, 134 catches in his college career, so that's quite a lot. Um, Not much to say about him. Couldn't tell you a uh, thing about him. Never heard of a (laughs) a Swift and uh, and, uh, the other guy carrying on uh, in front of him, so yeah. Maybe he's just a pass-catching guy. Eno Benjamin to the Cardinals um, and Raymond Calais to the Buccaneers. So Bucks have also taken two running backs, so they've added some depth there. The Eno Benjamin to the Cardinals is the one that's um, being the Cardinals fan kind of interests me because uh, they've got that dude. Drake. You know the guy. Drake uh, on a transition tag. Yeah, they've only got him on a transition tag, and then it's just Chase Edmonds and Eno Benjamin in the rest of it. So whether this is a kind of uh, a 2021 play as well, um, you know, he's 207 pounds, almost six foot tall. So no, he's not. He's five nine. That's not six foot. Um, Real I don't hyped, know much about him to be honest. Little he was bit, pretty hyped before. Hyped. Um, 
before this year and then kind of wasn't that great this year. Apparently, um, yeah, he's, he, he's had a few drops in his pass-catching mm. kind of stuff over the last sort of year, which has kind of got a few people off him, but whether he can... Yeah, I think coming into up. the year, he was sort of talked about as one of the top running backs, but pretty quickly faded away. Um, so, yeah, if he... I mean, it's a pretty effective backfield to be a part of, mm-hmm. as shown Definitely. by Drake. So if he's the right fit, he could be a great pickup if you're patient enough to hold him on your roster. Yeah, so yeah, I, I actually like him in the back end of the third round as a kind of sneaky because uh, got a bit of pass-catching resume here. 42 receptions in his last um, last season at college, 35 the year before that. Still had a few drops, though, apparently, so that could obviously be increased if he fixes his hands up. Um, you know, 12 touchdowns from scrimmage isn't obviously anything just to write home about, but, you know. What do you do? Um, still over a thousand yards rushing as well, so he's got a bit of a bit of production there. It's just a matter of whether you can turn it into the NFL. Um, so he's a sneaky kind of guy you'd add the back end of the third round, um, maybe even into the fourth, uh, just as a wait and see what happens. Stick him on your your bench if you've got deep rosters here, which most of uh, dynasty leagues do. Um, see what happens in twenty twenty one, but that's kind of the case with a lot of these guys. You've got to kind of play them out for uh, half a year and see what happens in 2021. Because I think, yeah, as you said multiple times throughout this this podcast, uh, that these guys are probably going to be 2021 kind of guys. Anything else to add on these blokes or are we good to move on to everybody's favourite position? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. All right, so we'll move on to tight end. And um, all right, let's move on to quarterback. <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> All right, Cole Komet was the first tight end taken off the board, which was to me no surprise. Um, he was my my first one, which is might be a surprise to a few people. Um, yeah, right. I actually really liked him, his tape, etc. But he's gone to a how many did I say? Ten. Yeah, a team with yeah. 10 look, tight I think ends. that's a kind of fun thing to say on the media, but I think the reason they have <laughs> ten was to do with injuries and things like that. Um, what, 10? How many tight ends go on the field at once? You don't need bloody 10. <laughs> yeah, I think it just kind of ended up that way. Um, they added a lot of sort of dart throws. Practice and, squad guys. Yeah. yeah. I think that Fun time, it'll right? it'll cut <laughs> right back before the season starts. Oh, and yeah, I don't think Komet yeah, yeah. is in the uh, cuttable list. No, definitely not. And uh, who else? Who's their other one? They've got Jimmy Graham now, eh? Have they got Jimmy Graham? Who's got Jimmy Graham now? Bears? Yes, they have Jimmy Graham. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I always get confused between him and um, the Panthers so guy, well. but yes, he's got Jimmy Graham. Yes, they've got Jimmy Graham. So it's Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet, the two tight ends there, whether they kind of go off two tight end sets here, I don't know, or just, you know, Jimmy Graham's there as a kind of locker room guy, who knows, because he hasn't done much over the last few years. Um, then they've got the Bears are really excited about him. Love. Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham. They're really... Um, Is that because think the he's... Chicago Bears are five years behind? Yeah, I don't know. But they think he's the guy that's going to um, make their, their tight end dynamic. So, um, yeah, I think that yeah, good on Komet's him. not necessarily going to do much this year. But that's yeah, to be expected for tight ends. Yeah, exactly. Um, where am I moving on to here? Who's the next one? Uh, we'll talk about the Pats duo in a minute. Actually, no, we'll talk about them now. Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keane, both taken by the Patriots, 10 picks apart. Anything you want to say about these two guys? Someone's got to be the tight end in New England, right? Last time they took uh, two tight ends in the same draft was Rob Gronkowski and that other one that was really famous that did a lot of stuff. You know the one? Hernandez. That's him. Yeah. The one that killed all the people. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so whether they're hoping they get the same kind of production because they did two tight ends again, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I think what um, what this tight end class says to me is, don't Shit. draft me. Um, <laughs> I think if you're if you're not in a tight end premium league and you're in ten or twelve team league for round rookie draft, there's going to be this temptation in that fourth round to sort of maybe even the late third round to 
grab one of these tight ends and think, oh, yeah, this is going to be it. If you grab them, you're committing yourself to probably two years on your roster before they become anything, if they become anything. And there's just oh, absolutely... Do so you don't have to trade 14 first-round picks for him, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's a price on a good player these days. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather yeah. just pay up for Kittle. Um, yep, you're bloody right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone Sorry, you really like in here? <sighs> other than Kamat? I mean, Troutman did some stuff, I guess, that I looked at to the Saints. You still got to get rid of Jared Cook before he's anything... I mean, Alberto had a bit of hype, but he's gone to the Broncos. We're fans there already. Bryson Hopkins had a bit of hype. He's gone to the Rams where there's already 17 tight ends and the rest of them never heard of her. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Troutman maybe that? could come in after Cook retires, but uh, yeah, yeah. like, it's, like it's, it. You're holding him for another year. Watch him on the waiver wire is what I think That's is it. my advice for these tight ends. Bloody good call, mate. Bloody good call. All right, that's it. Tight ends, done to dusted, because, yeah, look, as much as I love a tight end, they're not great to talk about this time. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to quarterbacks, eh? There's a couple of interesting things that we need to talk about here. Joe Burrow to the Bengals at uh, the 101, which everyone expected and everyone knew, yep. so happy days. Um, we've spoken about him, I suppose, enough. Uh, Tua has gone to the Dolphins at five, and we've spoken about him a fair bit. Herbert at six of the Chargers. Um, it's kind of where I expected them all to land. Yeah, yeah I mocked it there, so yep. Yep, exactly right. Then Jordan Love to the Packers, woofed. You know, there's not really much to talk about here unless you're in a super flex league. You go and get these Burrow tours, Herberts, um, kind of in that first round. Other than that, though, if you're in the league that we're in, 10-team, um, kind of just half PBR standard league, Um are you taking Burrow, Tua, or Herbert anywhere in the first two rounds? Yeah, look, when a, a while back when I had sort of a lot of picks um, before I made that move for Kittle, I was looking at sort of the 208, and I had three picks before that, I think. So mm. I was sort of thinking 28, I don't mind grabbing Burrow or Tua there. And, um, Obviously, it depends on your, your kind of seeing, team makeup as well. Seeing what I have. So I had um, Winston, who had no contract. I had had Andrew Luck before that. So I'd, I'd just been sort of out of luck with quarterbacks. But I think now only having, you know, the 102, then the 28, um, I'm less inclined to go with one of these quarterbacks. I'm just going to try and hope that I also have Drew Locke, which was kind of handy mm. that he was a big winner out of the draft yeah, and, and Baker Mayfield. So I'm hoping that one of those two can get me through mm-hmm. and then I'm probably more likely to sort of aim for a a DAC or something like that if I need to try and trade for one if I really want to go for it now. So, um, so what you're saying is that everybody should trade for my quarterbacks. One I wouldn't trade for those quarterbacks, no. Um, <laughs> I'd be trading for a top end or, or grabbing one of these guys yeah. in the yeah. the early third yeah. round, I think, is is probably going to be about the sweet spot in a regular league. Yeah. And I think it's worth it. Like, I do think these top two, certainly, and probably top three are going to be something in the league. They're going to be startable on a matchup basis. And if you're playing the matchups with quarterbacks, then you're probably going to be certainly if one of them comes out on fire like Baker did when he first started, you could be starting him or Deshaun Watson or something like that. Um, Some of those quarterbacks, they do come out and no one knows what they're going to be. Daniel Jones is another good example. And they struggle to cope with them a bit for the first six weeks. And they actually have some of their best fantasy performances in their first couple of games. So you could get something good out of them if you're ballsy enough to start them early. So you see Joe Burrow, Tua being starters week one? Uh, I'm not sure about Tua. Burrow, definitely. They've dropped um, Dalton now, so pretty much just said, hey, everyone, we're starting Joe Burrow. Um, Yeah. You might see them starting with Magic and takes um, over after maybe four weeks. Yeah, Fitzpatrick and um, what's-his-face, the runner. (laughs) 
for the charges. Can't think of his name. Oh my god. Oh, uh, that Tyrod dude. Yeah, Ty Tygod. I think that they'll they'll start their start the year for their the teams first and few weeks. And we'll, him in. we'll see him worked in, especially with um potentially limited training camps. Yep. And then you got Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, um, backing up Carson Wentz. Uh, we spoke about Jordan Love to the Packers before, whatever. Strange move. Um, give it four years and he might be doing something. Jalen Hurts to the Eagles. Uh, maybe they think Wentz is just going to get injured a lot. <laughs> it's a similar pick to, to Or maybe Love, he to gets honest. Hurts a lot. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I just think... Um, um, yeah, maybe they're just not 100% sure on Wentz. Like, they saw this flash out of him, but everything was perfect around him. And everyone kind of seems to still be living that Carson Wentz as their quarterback, but that that was two years ago more since he's played at that level. Um, he wasn't that high a pick. He wasn't supposed to be sort of the MVP. Um, it was a bit of a surprise that he did that. And mm. yeah, I think people are still kind of thinking he's going to keep playing like that, but I don't know that he still has that in him with these injuries. I think they've taken, he's lost a step. He's not as athletic and uh, their team around him isn't as good as it once was. So yeah, true. maybe they are predicting the end of um, Carson Wentz a bit earlier than everyone else is or something. Yeah, I don't potentially, know. yeah. Um, I've just changed my team name to Wentz, you going to get Hurts? And I think that's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to read the names. And then uh, we'll say which ones are interesting. So Jacob Eason to the Colts at 122. James Morgan to the Jets at 125. Jake Fromm to Buffalo at 167. Jake Luton to Jags at 189. Uh, Jacob Eason is an interesting one to the Colts. Um, yeah, 100%. So I think they're saying that he is the successor to uh, whoever they start this year. Who were they starting this year in bloody Indianapolis? Philip Rivers. Oh, yes, that's it. P River. Um, so Eason will be the guy after that, you would assume. Um, he had a bit of kind of hype over him. Um, yeah, and chances sometimes. are he probably went to school with one of Philip Rivers' kids, <laughs> as all of these you could guys be right. did. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Most of them did. Uh, and then Jake Fromm, he had a bit of hype now. He's going to a pretty pooey situation as well behind... Uh, it's such a strange Josh pick. Allen. Jake it Fromm is, is like the polar opposite Josh Allen. to Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't get it. Hmm. Yeah, weird. Yeah, look, Going from a big arm to a noodle arm. It's just... So you had Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, and Jake Fromm are just strange. Yeah. I like, yeah, I, I actually um, put Eason probably. The rest at, of them, who knows? Eason probably at QB4 for me um, in this class. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I think he's I am the same. got the yep. best path through and got the... possibly Correct. even He'll be, at least be better than the, Herbert. Or, uh, maximum yeah. on the bench for one year. Yeah, I'm interested. See how Herbert goes at the start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'd uh, in a super flex, Eason is yeah definitely a target in those kind of. After Herbert goes, he's the one that I would take next, definitely. And then you've got some just nuffies: Cole McDonald, Ben Denucci, Tommy Stevens, and Nate Stanley, Titans, Cowboys, Saints, Vikings, respectively. So I heard it. a great Job story about Tommy Stevens. Positions. Actually, do you want to hear it? Tommy <coughs> Stevens, yeah, go. Tommy Stevens, so. Uh, he committed to the Panthers for, I don't know, not much money um, as an undrafted free agent, sort of. He'd already committed before the draft was over. And so Sean Payton's kind of um, sends him a message. He's like, you know, we'll match the Panthers offer. Just um, sign with us instead. He's like, no, I've committed to them. I'm a man of my word. So they come in. Let's just say it was like $15,000. It was nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, he writes back and it's like 135000 like, for the year to come play with the Saints. And he goes, nope, uh, I'm a man of my word. I've committed to the Panthers. I'm going to play in Carolina. And then uh, you see the Saints trade up into the seventh round. <laughs> and he, he texts him and it says, I'm done asking. Now I'm taking. And he picks him. <laughs> that's such funny. a great thing <laughs> yeah that's funny well, at least you got picked you get seventh round salary instead now i guess i don't even know what the seventh round salary is but 
that's pretty funny. Uh, I very in, very much enjoyed that bit, that story. So very enjoyed it. Yeah, not bad at all. All right, well that's it. That's uh, all of your draft recap done and dusted. Uh, because no, uh, yeah, that's it. Anything else you want to add here, or anything you uh, can think of that we missed? No, I think What's that was pretty much it. Okay. We might um, pretty much it. Try any, and do um, a nice big mock draft. You can think of off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we'll get into a bit of redraft. Uh, redraft, not redraft. What's the stuff? Startup stuff as well. Yeah, startup uh, like as well. Like to see where we rank these rookies uh, in between all of the uh, the vets. Um, so we'll do a rookie draft, a rookie mock draft, and then we'll do um, this much-awaited trade trade episode as well. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of trades oh, yes. through in a couple of leagues that we're in. So um, there are another 10 or 11 that have gone through in the last hour <laughs> in this other league. So it moves faster than bloody coronavirus this does, I tell you. Yeah, it's Great. wild. This, um, yeah, the trades I've seen. There's ones in there that will break down, especially seeing, yeah, mate. In especially our seeing as uh, a lot chat. of people trade for oh the 101. So. Mm. Yeah. So it's been good fun. 30-something trades in the last three months. So, yeah, we'll break them all down. We'll see what uh, who won after this draft because there was yeah moves to the 101, 102, 156. Like every single draft pick bar three or four were traded, I think. So, yeah, good times. Yeah, it's great. But, uh, great fun. We'll do all that. We'll get Petey back to do this mock. We might even get a guest or three on. Yeah, we try and maybe, um, we've had a lot of analysis as well already on these players recently, so maybe we try and um, get a lot of picks in there to see what happens in the later rounds to where the quarterbacks fall, where the tight ends fall, that'd be interesting. Yeah, Yeah, we'll go five rounder, hey? Five round rookie (laughs) mock draft, and we'll see where these Or at least a four round 12 team. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a bloody good plan. All right, well, that's it for us for this week, maybe today at least. See if uh, we can get Poida back on for the yeah, next let's... one. And uh, maybe a guest. Poida. Let's do it. Play that sax for me. Yep. <laughs> Later. Da, 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 da.